You're listening to a sermon preached at First Baptist Church in Farwell, Texas. We are committed to loving God, loving people, and going into the world to share the gospel. We pray you find this message both challenging and encouraging. The experience of your obedience will write your story that will proclaim the faithfulness of God and His story. Let me say that again. The experience, let me just maybe add on to that. The hands-on experience of your obedience to God will write your story that will proclaim the faithfulness of God and His story. Now let me explain that for just a moment. We all have a story, right? We all, we all have stories. No matter how exciting your day is or no matter how boring your day is, you have a story. And I'm telling you, we are living in a time where we have incredible story. I mean, this is, we are living through one of those moments that if Jesus doesn't come back at this very moment, if he, if he decides to wait another 20 years or another 30 years, can you, can you imagine the stories we will have to tell our children and our grandchildren? I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. Like, I remember the day when people didn't wash their hands. I remember the day when there was lines outside of the grocery store. I remember when we had school canceled. Like, my, don't, don't complain that you have school your last semester of your senior year. When I was a student, we got out for spring break and never went back. I said, I don't want to hear any complaining, little Johnny or little Susie. <laughs> We, listen, we have a story to tell. And, and, and as tired as we hear, as tired as we get of hearing our parents and our grandparents telling us about the good old days, oh, we're going to have some good old day stories. We have stories to tell. Do you ever, you ever just thumb through Scripture and, and you're just reading the stories of the disciples or, or maybe reading some of the stories of the old prophets and does your mind ever wonder, like, what would it be like if you could sit down with one of the disciples and just, and just ask them, man, what, what was it like when Jesus opened up that little boy's sack lunch and, and there was you know a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread and Jesus supersized it and fed 5,000 people. Like, like what was it like as the, as, the, as the food just continued to multiply every time that he broke it? I, I think when we get to heaven, we're gonna, you know, it's just going to be an eternal worship of God. Maybe God will allow us to to, to rest our voices and just sit down with, with Moses and ask Moses, Moses, what, what was it like? Or, or no, no, what was it like when, 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 you were, when you were building this boat and everybody was making fun of you? What was it like? 
John Maxwell has written a, a, a great little book. It's a, it's a quick read. It's not very long. It's a, it's a great little book called Running with the Giants. And he takes the giants that you read about, the heroes of the faith, if you will, in Hebrews chapter 11. And, he, and, and the premise of the book is, is as if he was sitting down with them and running the race, uh, running a, a lap around the track. And, and, and just what, what would that hero of the faith tell John Maxwell as they were running around the trace. It's a great little book. We have a story to tell. And in our text this morning, it is the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is, this is Palm Sunday, the Sunday before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On the church calendar, this is a very a major, major day. But I want, us to, I want us to look within this story of two unnamed disciples, and I want us to think through their eyes, and I want us to hear about their obedience, the, the command that they were given, the obedience that they followed that command, and then I want you to notice their story. That's what we're going to look at this morning. So join me, Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 1. Look at what it says. When they approached Jerusalem, this is Jesus and, and his, his 12 apostles and uh, disciples and, and possibly a couple, of under, a couple of hundred other people with him that's been following him. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, it's the P-H, like, like fat, not F-A-T, but P-H-A-T, fat, it's Beth. Phage, when they came to Bethphage at, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, these unknown disciples. Jesus sent, or unnamed, not unknown, unnamed. Jesus sent two disciples telling them, listen to this command, go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her foal, with her little colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say, to the, say that the Lord needs them, and He will send them at once. Now, now, don't rush through this story. I want you to see the command that Jesus has just given them. I want you to go to a town that you haven't been to, and there's going to be... A donkey there. There's going to be a, a, a donkey there with her, with her little colt. And I, I want you to take it. And if anybody asks any questions, you just tell them the Lord wants it, and He'll send it right back to you. This is a... Can I, can I, can I say it like... I don't, I don't want, me, want to be uh, disrespectful. It, this is a crazy command that Jesus is giving these two unnamed disciples. Look at verse 4. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Here's the prophecy. Verse 5, tell, tell daughter Zion, see your king is coming to you gentle and mounted on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now back to the story. Verse 6, the disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. Notice their obedience. Verse 7, they brought the donkey and its foal. Then they laid their clothes on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others were, caught, were, were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. 
And then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Look at verse 10. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in an uproar saying, Who is this? The crowds were saying of Jesus, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, I want you to notice some context. I want you to give you, give you just a little bit of context. We, we come to the final week of Jesus' life and ministry here on earth. The disciples have been following Jesus. They are learning from Him. They are watching all of the different miracles that Jesus has been before performing they they have been eating what jesus eats eats they've been going where jesus goes they've been sleeping where jesus sleeps hanging on every single word and jesus gives these two disciples a command i want you to notice it. the result the result of their obedience to jesus's command allowed them to have a hands-on personal encounter, a personal experience, if you will, with the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And they were forever changed. I want you to see that. The response of their obedience allowed them to have this, this experience that, man, Jesus is, is faithful. And it changed their lives for all eternity. You, you have heard, you've heard it said that you, you give a man a fish and you have fed him for the day. But you teach him how to fish and you have fed him for a lifetime. Jesus is teaching them. Not just showing them. He is now giving them opportunities to experience His faithfulness. So I want you to notice the very first thing right out of the box. I want you to notice the command. And I want us to park here for just a moment. Look, look at this command. And I want you to, if you can, I want you to try to walk in the sandals of these two unnamed disciples. And I want you to hear this command as if Jesus was telling you to do something like this. Look at it again. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. When they approached Jerusalem and they came to Bethphage, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples telling them, <clears throat> go into the village ahead of you. Not, not, I want you to go back to that village that we just came through. And, and I noticed there was a, a, a donkey off to the side that was tied up to a post. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, I want you to go to a city we have not been to yet. I want you to go there. And when you get there, you will find a donkey tied there with her colt, her foal. Untie them and bring them to me. They have seen Jesus perform miracles. They have seen Jesus calm the storm. They've seen Jesus feed 5,000. They have seen Jesus make the blind be able to see. They've seen Jesus make the, the lame be able to walk. They know that Jesus is powerful. That they, and they believe that He is the Son of God. But now, Jesus is asking them to, to place their faith in His words. 
And Jesus is saying, listen to this. Jesus is saying, I want you to go to the place where you have not been yet, and you will find what I'm telling you to find. How, how often is it that, that, that God is calling us to, to trust Him, to have, to have faith in Him, and, and we shudder and we, and we wring our hands? But here's what I want you to see, is that Jesus has already been to tomorrow. Jesus has already been to the end of time. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And here's what He is showing the disciples. I've already been there. I've already been there, and I know that there is a, donkey there and he is tied up and I already know that that somebody's going to ask you what are you doing taking this donkey and I already know that if you tell them that I want it and I will return it they will allow you to have it but it still takes faith they, they have this command what are they going to do with this command I, I, I often wonder I try to think about who, who were these two unnamed disciples i'm pretty sure it wasn't thomas or peter those two are the easiest for us to to make fun of right it wasn't thomas can you imagine if jesus would have given thomas this command it would have been something like this jesus i i I doubt there's a donkey in that town jesus i I doubt even if there was a donkey jesus listen i I hear your command jesus but listen i i doubt that that somebody's just going to let us take this this donkey i I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen i I don't i don't think it was thomas also don't think it was peter can you imagine if jesus would have given peter this command Here's Peter's response. If this would have been Peter, Peter would have said this. No, no, Jesus. Listen, I, I, know, I know what you're saying. I, I will go, but listen, I'm not going to get you a donkey. That is, that is the animal of a peasant. That's, that's an animal of humility. No, no, listen, Jesus. You are a king. I will go get you a war horse. Not even, I won't even get you a war horse. I will get you a team of war horses. And listen, Jesus, if anybody asks a question like, what are you doing? My sword is ready to cut their head off. No, it wasn't Thomas, I don't think. It wasn't Peter. It's two unnamed disciples. I love that. Because this could be you and me. Jesus is calling us to obey His command. And listen. Our hands-on experience of our obedience to God's command will write our stories that will proclaim His faithfulness. That will proclaim the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of His story. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Our obedience, the the story that comes out of that will be our our story to tell people that, that yes, God is faithful. Yes, God's Word is faithful. And that's what we see here in our text. There's, there, there's, there's no doubt that, that thousands of people are following Jesus. Just days before this, Jesus has, has healed two men who are blind. One of those is blind Bartimaeus. Jesus has, has chosen Zacchaeus, the most hated man in Jerusalem. He's, he's, he, is, he is hated by all the people, but Jesus has chosen, chosen him to follow him. And, and we believe at, at this point in the story, Jesus is around 
the hometown of Lazarus. And you know the story where Jesus has raised Lazarus. There are, there are crowds of people following Jesus. And Jesus gives this command, go into the village ahead of you. I, I'm, not, I'm not going. But I'm sending you to trust Me. To trust My Word. And you will find that I am faithful. You will find that I know what I'm talking about. You will find that I know about tomorrow. That I know about next week. I know about where I am sending you before you ever go. Go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. You know, it's, it's expected. Jesus, Jesus says, and if anyone asks you, it's, it's expected that somebody's going to say, Wait, hey, you, you guys are strangers. What are you doing in our town taking this colt? There's, there's got to be some kind of response. And Jesus says in verse 3, If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and He will send them at once. Again, put yourself in the sandals of these disciples. That, again, not, not trying to be disrespectful, but let, let's, let's, let's think here. That, that doesn't seem like a very good explanation. That, well, the Lord says He wants it, and He'll bring, he'll bring it back. But that does make, it does allow us to assume a few things. Number one, that Jesus knows the donkey is there. That Jesus knows that the owner is going to let him use it. Apparently, he is a believer. Apparently, when he hears that the Lord needs it, that the Lord wants it, that he, he is a believer and that he trusts that he will return it. He doesn't give him an explanation, just that the Lord has need of it. And immediately, he will send it back here. But again, I want you to place your feet into the sandals of the disciples. They don't know on the front end all of the answers. They're trusting that what Jesus says is going to be true. They're trusting that the man, that a donkey is going to be there and a man is going to let them have it. I want you to notice this. Jesus knows the owner of the young donkey will positively respond, but the disciples don't. Not on the front end. Jesus knows where the animal is, but the disciples don't. He knows where the man is, but the disciples don't. He knows that the man believes, and He knows that the man will do what the man will do, but the disciples don't. I want you to write this statement down. Obedience to God's commands turns head knowledge into heart conviction. And heart conviction will take you further than head knowledge ever will. Let me say that again. Obedience to God's commands turns head knowledge into a heart conviction, and a heart conviction will take you further than head knowledge ever will. Ever will. Listen, that is true in sports. That is true in, in the military. That is true in business. That a heart conviction will take you Further than a head nodded. Can you imagine the disciples said, listen, Jesus, we, we, we hear what you're saying and, and we trust you. I mean, we, we've seen you do incredible miracles, but, but um, 
uh, we, we really don't want to obey this command. Because you've not given us all of the details. You've given us some of the details, but, but, but what if? What if we walk into town and, and it's not there? What if, what if when we untie it and we begin to take it, what if, what if the owner doesn't let us have it? I mean, what, what, what if, what if, what if? Listen, obedience to God's command turns head knowledge into heart conviction. And that's what Jesus is leading these disciples to do. To not just have a head knowledge that Jesus is the Messiah. Not just have a head knowledge that Jesus knows what He's talking about. Not just have a head knowledge that Jesus has already been to our tomorrow and our rest of our days. But to have a heart conviction. Listen, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next week or next month. But that should not stop us from being obedient to the one who knows the beginning from the end. It should not stop us. Our obedience cannot be tied to our knowledge of every detail being explained on the front end. Let me say that again. Our obedience cannot be tied to our knowledge of every detail being explained on the front end. Jesus has given them a command. Now watch. Watch their obedience. Look at verse 4. I'm sorry, verse 6. Matthew 21, verse 6. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and its colt. Then they laid their clothes on them and He sat on them. Them being the, the coats. What has been their experience? Their experience is the Lord's faithfulness was on display. Their obedience led to a hands-on experience of the Lord's faithfulness. The donkey was there just as he said. The owner let them have him, or let them have the donkey and the colt just as Jesus said was going to take place. And, and it might lead you to ask the question, how did, how did Jesus know that? I want you to see the unity. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How did Jesus know? He knows because He is God. This is omniscience. This is a beautiful example of the omniscience of Jesus Christ. He knows every donkey. He knows every colt. He knows every post that is in the ground. Everything that can be known, everything that exists, Jesus knows. He knows everything there is to know all the time. And when Jesus calls us to a command, listen, He knows what is ahead of us. He knows and we can trust Him and we can place our faith in Him and be obedient to what He has called us to do. Listen, we have the command. We have their obedience. Now watch this. Watch their story. Listen, at first, it's not a story that's told verbally. But it was one that was shown with their action. Not verbally, but shown with their action. Verse 7, when these two disciples returned with the donkey. Look at verse 7. Then they brought the donkey to Jesus. And watch this. They throw their robes on it and He sat on it. Well, how, how does that have anything to do with their story? What's the significance of the disciples throwing their robes, their, their outer garments on the back of the donkey? What's the big deal in that? Listen. Placing a garment of your personal clothing 
under someone was the same as placing yourself under their authority. Do you see that? So here's, listen, there's a command. They are obedient. And now they're saying, listen, listen, we are, we are placing ourselves under your authority by taking our outer garments off and placing them on the donkey and you sitting on them. They are saying to you, they are saying to Jesus, you are our king. You are our Lord. That is the significance. That is their story. They're saying, we are under you. You are our king. I want you to notice something else. Not only are these two disciples proclaiming they are underneath the authority of Jesus Christ, proclaiming that He is King, they are fulfilling a 500-year-old prophecy. They get to be a part of the faithfulness of God's Word. 500 years before this event takes place in Matthew chapter 21, Zechariah the prophet prophesies that Jesus will come riding in on a donkey. Look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Just write this down in the, in, in the margin of your Bible. Look at this. 500 years before this event. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, behold, your King is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. A prophecy 500 years before it happens. Jesus says this to these unnamed disciples. Hey guys, I want you to do something. I want you to go to the city you have not been to. I want you to obey my command. Their obedience led to their hands-on experience of getting to see the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of God's Word. Jesus allowed them to enter into the story that God has been writing since the creation. How cool is that? That is awesome. God used the obedience of these two followers of Christ to fulfill a 500-year-old prophecy. Now let me ask you, did Jesus need these two guys to do that? No. He could have, he could have done it himself. Jesus could have spoken and the donkey could have, could have just walked up right where they are at. Jesus is wanting to give this opportunity for them to be a part of God's commands and to be a part of the faithfulness of God's story. That's Listen, that's what God is doing when He calls us to obey Him. He is allowing us to enter into His faithfulness, to encounter, to experience, to have hands-on experience of His faithfulness. And when we do, listen, it writes our story. It tells the story of God's faithfulness and the faithfulness of His Word. Listen, not only did they proclaim Him King, not only were they fulfilling prophecy in verse 8, but watch this. Back to verse 8. Many people spread their clothes on the road and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Listen, many people, crowds of people 
entered into the excitement of the moment and they spontaneously paid honor by spreading their robes before him on the dusty road and by doing so they are now proclaiming him king listen these two disciples who were asked to go do this crazy um, uh, uh, event to go to go obey jesus now their actions are now leading crowds of action crowds of people to praise him there is a thunderous Chorus praising Jesus Christ as King. Oh man, not, not only do they proclaim, his, his, proclaim Him as King with their actions, but their actions led others to proclaim Him as King as well. Just, you just keep on reading. Verse 8 and verse 9. Then verse 9, then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So what's the point? What is the bottom line of this? The disciples were told to go get a wild donkey that will be tied up. That's the command. They did it. There's the obedience. And their obedience to Jesus' simple command gave them a story to proclaim the faithfulness of God. Maybe we struggle, brothers and sisters in Christ, proclaiming the faithfulness of God because we have lacked in our obedience. We struggle with trusting Him. And in that struggle, we lose out on having stories of His faithfulness that we can share with other people. Their obedience gave them an experience to tell their story and not only were they faithful to give Him praise, but their faithfulness so key. Led hundreds, maybe thousands to praise Him as well. Let me make this personal to us. Your obedience to God's nudging. Your obedience to God's clear commands in His Word. And I know what maybe many of you are thinking. Well, that's... <clears throat> Obeying God's commands, you're, you're, <clears throat> that, that's just rules. That's just, that's just legalism. No, no, listen. It is our opportunity to experience the faithfulness of God. And when we experience the faithfulness of God, we can tell other people that you can place your trust in Him. You can trust Him with your life. You can trust Him with your future. You can trust Him when, when, when it just feels like we're in the storms of life. You can trust Him. Believe me, His Word is trustworthy. He has been trustworthy in my life. You can trust Him. I want you to think about this. Noah, by faith, built an ark. Do you think God needed Noah to build an ark? No, God had just created the world. He, he, he created mankind. He, he breathed life into mankind. God didn't need Noah to build an ark, but He allowed Noah to build an ark. Why? So that Noah could trust that God is faithful. Moses. Moses, by faith, 
led the Israelites through the Red Sea. Do you, do, you think, do you think God needed Moses to raise his staff at the edge of the Red Sea so that the Red Sea would part? No way. God didn't need Moses to do that. God, could, God just could breathe and, and, and the waters be, be parted. But what did he do? What did he allow Moses by raising his staff? Moses can say, God is faithful. God has delivered us. What about Joshua? Hmm. Joshua, after spending time in prayer with God, and God telling Joshua, I want you to send, I want you to send the sixth grade band to march around Jericho. Ooh, that's and, and, and I want them to, to blow their horns on the seventh day. And the, no, I don't, I don't want you to send the military in. I want you to send the band. Just take their trumpets. I want you to march around Jericho seven times on the seventh time. I want you to blow the trumpet. Joshua trusted. Because he knew that God was faithful. But then Joshua goes to the people. Did God need the band? For the walls of Jericho to fall down? Not at all. But he allowed them to have a hands-on experience that allowed them to see that God is faithful. And their experience to God's command, their obedience to God's command, gave them a story to proclaim the faithfulness of God and His holy word. You say, man, I, I don't have a story. My life is in the can right now. I, I, you, you, I, I don't have a story to tell. Listen, you need to hear this. God is not in love with a future you. He loves you right now at this very moment. And He will use you right now at this very moment. Let me ask you, what, what have you been reading in God's Word that God has been commanding you? Go! And do this. We see very clearly in Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, go and make disciples. God is, God is calling you to, to do something that you can't see it. You don't have all of the answers. Listen, God is faithful. And He is giving you an opportunity not only to be obedient to Him, but to experience His faithfulness. And when you do, it will write your story that you can proclaim to the world around you that He is faithful. Maybe there's some watching, I believe there are some watching, who you have never, you've, you, God's been calling you to surrender your life to Him. But you, you, don't, you don't see how, how that's even possible, how God could love you, or, or what that even really looks like tomorrow, or next week, or next month. Listen, trust Him. God is calling you. Trust His command. Trust His love. And I promise you, you will experience something that you cannot explain. You will experience His love. You will experience His grace. You will experience His mercy. Oh, and listen, it will write your story to proclaim God's faithfulness. Faithfulness of His Word. Give your life to Jesus Christ today. Say yes to Jesus. Whatever He's calling you to do, say yes to Him. Walk in obedience to His command. Thank you for listening to this sermon. 
If you'd like more information about our church or have any questions regarding the sermon you just heard, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website at www.fbcfarwell.org or send an email to info at fbcfarwell.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching FBC Farwell. It is our prayer that the sermon you listened to was equally challenging and edifying to your walk with Christ. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed week.